Welcome to Balanced Bodies, the podcast where we make nutrition easy so you can focus on living your best life. I'm Anisha Gupta, a registered dietitian, and I'm here to help you achieve hormonal balance, blood sugar balance, and overall better health. As a busy bomb myself, I understand how hard it can be to find the time and energy to focus on nutrition. But the truth is, our health is too important to ignore. That's why I created the Balanced Bodies podcast to provide practical tips and strategies for achieving optimal health without sacrificing your busy lifestyle. In each episode, we'll explore various nutrition topics and discuss the latest research and trends so you're always up to date. You'll get actionable tips so that you can start implementing today and make big moves towards a healthier and happier version of yourself. Whether you're struggling with PCOS or looking to find your healthiest weight, or maybe you're simply just wanting to feel your best, Balanced Bodies has got you covered. I'm here to support you wherever you are on your health journey, because at the end of the day, nutrition should be easy and enjoyable. So join me on this journey towards balanced bodies and better health. Subscribe to the Balanced Bodies podcast today, and let's make nutrition easy one episode at a time. Hi, welcome back to this episode of Balanced Bodies Podcast. Today we're going to talk about plastics and other endocrine disruptors that are messing with our hormones. So we know about some things like BPA. I'll dig a little bit deeper into what BPA actually is and how it can impact us and how we can avoid it. But we're going to go beyond just BPA and look at a bunch of other endocrine disruptors which could be messing with our health. So if you're someone who needs help balancing their hormones, you really wanna take this and use it in your life because it's not just about the foods that we're eating. It could be these external factors that are impacting our hormonal levels and really messing with our system. So if you're someone who has PCOS or is struggling with hormonal balance, these little changes that you make in your life could create that impact that you're looking for. But before we dive into all of that, I want to take a minute to really talk about what our endocrine system is, because it's a big word. You may have heard it, but not really truly understand what that looks like for you, like what it actually means. So the endocrine system is that it is a system. There's a bunch of different glands throughout our body which are connected together to help produce hormones and help our body to respond to hormones that are circulating within the system. So some of these glands include the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland. These two sit in our brain. It includes our thyroid, which which sits in our neck, and it also includes our adrenals, which sit on top of our kidneys. So it's throughout the body. These these different glands, they all work together to create harmony within our body. And the endocrine system, it helps to regulate many functions of our body, which includes growth, development, it impacts our metabolism, and even our reproductive systems. So if you're someone who has struggled with infertility, who has uh, trouble losing weight or gaining weight really quickly, metabolism isn't the best, or if you're having trouble with, just in general, with your periods, for example, The endocrine system may need some work. It may need a little bit of help. And these endocrine disruptors could be messing with that. So the endocrine disruptors, they do exactly that. They disrupt the endocrine system by mimicking some of the effects of hormones. So part of the endocrine system includes receptors, which is where the hormones will bind, creating a chemical reaction and a proper response in our bodies. 
So when the endocrine disrupting chemicals bind to those same receptors, it messes with the organ system, which can create a hormonal imbalance in our body. So these hormonal imbalances, they have been linked to diseases such as cancer, ADHD, impaired growth and development, infertility, and even metabolic conditions like diabetes. So this is still a growing area of research and there is still a lot of um, new research coming out and in that sense it's helping us learn about how our bodies are reacting to the things that are around us in our environment and i hope that our government (laughs) will step in and create regulations around what can be used in food products and products that we're using in cosmetics and just even like things like kids toys and diapers they have endocrine disruptors in them which i think is absolutely crazy like my kids used pampers and hevgies diapers my daughter is still using them at nighttime she's four years old and um i didn't know this back then so this is newer research even to me and uh, i hope that there is more regulation that goes around this but don't want to make you feel bad about things that you've done in the past this is all a learning experience but moving forward maybe we can make some changes around this so it is important to note that many of the research studies that have come to these type of conclusions were done on animals so keep that in mind we don't have a ton of human research uh, right now to rely on but still making these changes can be helpful i believe that it can be helpful than um, not making these changes at all so the first one we're going to talk about is bpa i'm sure you've heard of the words bpa a lot of our products are now bpa free you may see those words on different plastic containers and and bottles and such which is a good thing so bpas are a chemical that are used to produce harder plastic and it also is used to help keep things leak proof and the problem is is that this results in higher androgens in our body it can be related to fatty liver and even inflammation so we want to be mindful and try to have more products that are bpa free if possible so it can be found in clear water bottles food containers the lining of canned beverages and that even includes pop so if you're having aluminum cans They are very likely to be lined by BPA. I saw it on Coca-Cola Canada's website last night. I looked on their website and yes, their cans do are lined with BPA. And not all cans are. Some of them will say BPA free. uh, But for the most part, generally cans, they want them to be leak proof. So having that lining of BPA on the inside actually does keep them more leak proof and keeps them having a longer shelf life as well. So we want to try to limit our canned foods, but kids' toys, microwavable food products, plastic storage, food containers, even the reusable water bottles um, can have BPA in them. Even thermal paper receipts, they can have BPA. Plastic tableware, like plastic forks and knives and spoons and cups, they could all have BPA in them because sometimes we want them to be a harder plastic. So BPA acts as an estrogen in the body. So estrogen is like a key that turns things on and off in our body. And the endocrine disruptors are like fake keys that'll actually fit into the same lock in our body and mess up with that flow of hormones that is supposed to be natural we're supposed to have this natural flow of hormones and when we have extra uh quote-unquote estrogen in our body it's going to mess things up so our if our goal is to manage like you know hormones and have better hormonal balance and having these bpas in our system can disrupt that of course 
The next one is dioxins. So dioxins are chemicals that are emitted during the fuel burning process like burning waste and wildfires. And what happens is dioxins end up in our food, soil, water, and air. So if you live in, in a place where there's a lot of wildfires, I imagine that there's a lot more dioxins in the air and then seeping into the soil, which then our plants are growing in that soil, which could create or where our food is, more dioxins in the food. So depending on where food is produced in the world can create more dioxins that are in that food product. So it's something that we do want to be mindful of, but again, it's not something that we really have a lot of control over. It's just something that's happening in our world. So try not burning waste, I guess, would be a good idea. Um, but I, I, I will look a little bit more into that to give you more information when I find it for sure. But it is one of the endocrine disruptors that I wanted to mention today. The third one is fragrance. So fragrances, they emit VOCs, which is volatile organic compounds. And these are chemicals that are in the air. So for example, okay, I learned about VOCs when I was pregnant with my firstborn and we were painting his nursery. So I knew that paint smells and I knew that it was chemicals and it wasn't good for you. But through my research found out that it is the VOCs, the volatile organic compounds that make it smell and are toxic. And especially because I was pregnant and you know, the person that I am is really caring about pregnancy and cares about what I'm breathing and all of that. I was a little bit extra when I was pregnant, but I remember looking at VOCs on paint cans and wanting to look for ones that were low VOCs. Through my research, low VOCs was better for pregnancy because I was living in the house, it was cold, it was winter, so the windows were closed. The windows were not open where we can get fresh air. Uh, so wanting to have paint that was very low in VOCs was important to us. But also, VOCs can be found in things like air fresheners, cleaning products, hand sanitizer even. A lot of our personal care products like soaps and laundry detergent, softeners, dryer sheets, they could all have VOCs which could act as endocrine disruptors. So choosing products that are maybe unscented or better for a sensitive type of skin, I believe would be lower in a lot of these endocrine disruptors. Next one is parabens. So parabens are chemicals that are used to create longer shelf life. So they act as preservatives in products. Many cosmetics, like makeup, foundation, for example, has parabens in it to make it last longer. Even lotions and sunscreen, shampoos, conditions, they have parabens in them. Even some of our medications could have parabens. So look for ones that maybe don't have parabens or have that type of wording in them, but that's where a lot of parabens can be found. The next one is PFCs. So perfluorinated chemicals are chemicals that contribute to greenhouse gas emissions. So these ones, they have a hard time breaking down in our body. So this could be things, it's found in microwavable popcorn, in nonstick cookware, in waterproof clothing even. So these chemicals, they, they're in these types of products and we wanna to try to limit our usage of these types of products. The next one is phthalates. Phthalates, no, phthalates, I can't say this word, <laughs> phthalates are chemicals that are used to make flexible plastic. So things like detergents, diapers, food packaging, kids' toys, nail polish, shampoo, sanitary napkins or pads, like period pads, 
and even vinyl flooring have ballots in them to make them plastic, make the plastic a little bit more flexible. So with pads, it's really important for them to be leak proof. And there's always commercials about pads and flexibility so that you can continue to work out when you are on your period and it can feel comfortable for you. Well, next time you see those commercials, I want you to think about how did they make it that flexible? How did they make it so thin but still leak proof? And it's very likely that they may have added these types of chemicals into our pads to help it get that kind of a result. So just, I want this to be an eye-opener, not a shocker about all these things that you're using, but an eye-opener about how do they make these types of products and how, what's, dig deeper into the products that we're using and just to create awareness as well around what it is that you're using. The last one is Triclosan. So triclosan is found in some antimicrobial and personal care products, which include liquid body wash. Okay, so all of these different seven, I talked about seven different endocrine disruptors today. There's a lot more than this, but I wanted to just bring about these because these are things that we're using on our hair, on our skin, on our nails, things that we're consuming, and things that are directly touching us. And there's even been research around like for example, paintings in our house and the dust that's collected in our house. And we breathe in that dust. So that dust that's been sitting on something that has plastic on it and then moves around and ends up in the air, for example, could be endocrine disrupting. And there was this research that recently came out out of University of Toronto around this. And there was a particular endocrine disrupting chemical that was banned, but still found within our homes, which was kind of crazy. So definitely we need some more regulation around this. But what I want you to think about is even just cleaning your house a little bit more often, dusting your house, vacuuming a little bit more to get that dust out can be really, really helpful. Um, but I don't want you to feel guilty or bad about the food products that you're using. Just become more mindful around what it is that you're using so that you can make more informed decisions. And look deeper, look deeper. So for example, my sunscreen that I bought last year, I remember choosing one that said that it was paraben free. And there was a couple of other things on there I don't remember offhand now, but I looked into this last year because there was ones that were regular, same brand by the way, the same brand of sunscreen, some of them were reg the regular ones that I would always buy and then there was this new one that was labeled as Simply and it had specific things that were not in it. Looked just as good, looked like it would do the same job of protecting my skin without these extra chemicals in it. So that's the one that I chose and that's kind of where I started to dig a little bit deeper into all of this. Um, and start to make more informed decisions. So I think it's really important to understand where these chemicals are in the products that we're using so that you can make a more informed decision and look deeper into the products that you're using and just do better for your health. But I do have some tips to help you reduce the exposure. So the first one is decrease the use of the scented products. So if you're someone who burns candles frequently or uses a lot of perfume or has air fresheners plugged in everywhere in your house, Think twice. Think twice about what you're putting in your air, the smells that you're smelling. Use your personal care products carefully. So do research if it sounds too good to be true. Like for example, waterproof mascara or nail polish that doesn't chip. Dig deeper into it because 
there could be a chance that it does have these extra chemicals in it. And things go seep through our nails. We don't believe it, but they do actually seep through our nails into our body. What we're putting on our skin matters. So for example, a couple of weeks ago, we went to a birthday party and the take-home gift that my daughter got from attending this birthday party was a little nail polish set, nail polish, and it had like a lip balm in it. And for me, I've known about this toxic chemicals and I've actually stopped wearing nail polish. I only wear it for events now um, because of the exposure to the chemicals. So I've always been skeptical about nail polishes and not have, she hasn't been ever exposed to it, but she was super excited because she loves it. She's a girl's girl and she loves all the colors and everything and she's always wanted to do it, but I've always said no to her. So this little packet, was from Disney. It was made from Disney. It said non-toxic. So I was curious about it. I was like, okay, this is non-toxic. I wonder what that means. She was super excited. So I decided, all right, let's try this on her. So we tried it. Put the nail polish on. Oh my God, it looks so cute on her fingers. She was so excited and so happy. But within an hour, that nail polish was chipping away. She actually hid in her room away from me. She didn't want to tell me, but she easily scratched it off on all of her fingers within just a couple of minutes she was able to scratch it off which told me that what non-toxic meant like this nail polish was not meant to last it literally flaked off so easily off of her compared to the my nail polishes that are you know hard and are supposed to last you for x number of days without chipping and all of this crazy marketing that they put to make it more appealing to me which i've fallen for because yeah i don't want my nail polish to chip right away but now i realize that that's the difference between her non-toxic nail polish and my now i know toxic nail polishes so i will i still use the nail polishes because that's what I do, but not as frequently. And I know that I'm not going to keep it on my nails for a long time. So I'm much more likely in the future now to put on nail polish, but remove it fairly quickly as well. Um, maybe after my event, whatever, whenever I decide to do my nails. Okay, next one is reusable water bottles. So rather than using plastic, think about glass or metal bottles water bottles if it's if it's an option if it's an option for you do that and if you are using plastic think excuse me think about getting ones that are bpa free i think that's really important to start making because your water is sitting in that bottle for or glass or cup whatever it may be for a while so if we can reduce the exposure and use glass or plastic or steel or metal some kind of a metal, that's a better choice for you and your health. Okay, next one is avoid reheating foods in plastic containers. So even those takeout containers that say microwavable safe, yes, they're not gonna melt in the microwave, but that doesn't mean that they won't emit endocrine disruptors into your food. So I'd even go as far to suggest that when you get takeout, ask the restaurant if you can bring your own glass containers so that they can put the food directly into your containers, which are not gonna be endocrine disrupting, instead of those containers that they have there that might have endocrine disruptors in them because remember part of what takeout containers are is that they don't want them to leak so they may be lined with some kind of chemical to keep them from leaking a lot of times we do get liquidy things like curries thai curry indian curries um, soups 
that could leak. So we don't want them to leak. So there's there's chemicals that have been added to that. But call the restaurant ahead of time and see if they'll, they will accommodate your request. And that could be a great way that you can reduce your exposure. Next one is limit the use of canned foods when you're able to. So there are some things that I buy as canned. So for example, coconut milk, baked beans, chicken noodle soup when I am sick will come in a can. Like I will, I these are the things that I would normally carry at, in cans because they're not things that I can easily get that aren't in cans. So I do try to limit my cans, but if possible, look for wording on cans that indicates that it might be BPA free or free of some of these endocrine disruptor chemicals and make those choices as, as much as possible. If you can make things on your own, that's even better, of course. Like if you can make your own soups, freeze them for a rainy day, that's a great, great, great idea. But trying to limit your cans, I know cans are convenient and you'll hear me say as well, like it's better to use canned than to like canned beans to make your dinner rather than end up going to takeout because that has other health implications as well. But if it's possible, let's try to reduce our canned use so that we can be mindful of all of this. Next one is limit our use of nonstick pans. I know that they're convenient, but once they get scratched, the likelihood of that nonstick surface making it making its way into your food increases every time you use that pan. So if your nonstick pan is scratched, replace it. I personally suggest using a cast iron pan or a stainless steel pan when you're cooking your food. Uh, that's going to be a much better choice. Even glass. My, I know my mom has some glass um, pots, uh, so that would be okay too. Another one is aluminum. Be mindful of aluminum because there is a link between all aluminum and Alzheimer's. So I know when we were kids, my parents stopped using aluminum when that research came out, but aluminum is still fairly present in a lot of other things, even thermoses and bottles. A lot of people use aluminum uh, thermoses and bottles. So even if you can use change that out to be a different kind of a metal, that would be a better choice. All right, use glass and steel storage containers in your food to and avoid the plastic ones. So, okay, obviously, my son who's seven years old who goes to school is not going to be taking a glass container because it's dangerous and it's going to be way too heavy for him to carry. So he does use plastic, but we use plastic containers that are BPA free and it's a little bit better. When he's taking hot food, he does have a thermos. It's a Paw Patrol thermos, uh, but it's stainless steel on the inside. So that I think is a better choice for him to help limit his BPA exposure. But we want to be able to use glass and storage containers as much as possible. So being an adult, if you can do that, that's a better choice for you. Wash vegetables and fruits before eating them. So this will help to wash off any pesticides or chemicals that might be used on the outside of the foods through the preparation of them before, like, you know, it helps with the transportation and the preservation of the food sometimes and just, you know, making bugs go away on our foods. I don't advocate that everyone should buy organic because currently there isn't enough evidence to show that the non-organic foods are harming us. This may change in the future, but the organic market is actually not a very well-regulated market and organic foods are expensive and already we're struggling with food pricing going up. So being or buying organic may not be the best choice, may not be a feasible choice. If you would like to buy organic, absolutely go ahead. I don't see any problems with buying organic foods, but I don't want to discourage you and make you feel bad if you can't afford organic. I don't buy organic food myself. 
And I'm okay with buying the regulars because so far in terms of research, the regular non-organic foods, there isn't enough research to show that they're harming us. So it's a personal choice. I don't encourage one over the other, but um, yeah, make it a, make it whatever whatever you feel like. I don't want you to feel bad because you're not buying organic or can't afford organic. That's okay. You can buy the regular foods. I will I, I will agree with you on that one for sure. Okay, um, yeah, that's it. So lastly, I do have a couple of other points to make, but that was kind of my little blurb on how you can make better choices when it comes to foods and just um, ways that you can decrease your endocrine disruptors. There is a list of apps that can help you understand products and what types of disruptors there are in the different products that you may be using. So I have actually included an amazing handout. I created a handout for all of you so you can have all of this in a nice pretty chart format. Uh, It's attached in the show notes for this episode for uh, this podcast. So podcast number four are all around endocrine disruptors. If you go into the show notes, you'll see a link. If you click on that link or copy and paste it not exactly sure how it works if you can directly click into it but copy and paste it into a browser and type in your name email address you'll need to confirm your email so you'll get an email that says to confirm your email that that's actually you and once you do that you'll get the handout right away so obviously free of charge it's just something nice for you and in that handout I've included a list of apps that you can look into that'll help you make more informed decisions it's hard for us to know each and every product so there is organizations and apps out there that are helping break it down and make it easier for us so I've listed those out for your reference you're welcome (laughs) I want this to be an easier choice for you and of course last but not least I really want to say that I don't want you to feel shame because you've used certain products in the past. It isn't helpful to feel guilty and feel bad about what you've done in the past. It's not possible to control everything in our environment either. So in reality, truthfully, we rely a lot on plastics. Like the three pack of peppers that I buy at the grocery store comes in plastic. There's only so much that we can control, so we want to make those choices as much as we can, but there's other things that we can't control. So do your best with whatever it is that you actually do have control over. Do your best with those things. All right, guys, if for whatever reason you can't get that handout, just send me a message. Find me on social media or send me an email and let me know that you weren't able to get that handout and I will send it to you personally. So don't feel afraid to do that. Reach out to me if you do have questions. I am always happy to connect with you. Take care and we'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Balanced Bodies Podcast. Remember, achieving optimal health is a journey and it's all about finding balance in our busy lives. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't just keep me to yourself, share it with a friend or family member that needs to hear it. Also, I'm inviting you to join me on Instagram at hello.nutrition for even more content, behind the scenes peaks, and daily inspiration. Follow me and stay connected and be part of my growing community of Balanced Bodies. If you have questions or topics that you'd like me to cover in future episodes, reach out. Your feedback is invaluable to me. I want to share with you the topics that matter with you the most. And of course, don't miss out on the next episode of Balanced Bodies. Hit that subscribe button now and stay tuned for even more invaluable insights and inspirations for the future. By subscribing, you'll never miss an episode of the Balanced Bodies podcast. 
This is your host, Anisha Gupta, Registered Dietitian, signing off from Balanced Bodies for today. Wishing you, my sweet, sweet friend, a fantastic day ahead. Subscribe now and let's make nutrition easy and enjoyable together.